Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. Uh, today I'm here with John Whitaker. John, hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this is a new uh, trial uh, podcast to try to help serve uh, the body of uh, Christ at Park. Um, we were kind of thinking about a way to maybe uh, add to our uh, teaching uh, from the sermon on Sunday and maybe try to take some applications, ask some questions of the text. Uh, so John Whitaker is excellent at asking questions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we're going to see if he can ask some questions uh, to help us kind of dig a little deeper into this text, some more, some personal applications. So, um, John, yeah. as we begin, why don't you just kind of maybe offer a quick word of prayer as we get going? Of course. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness and your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again and offers us hope and reconciliation in himself, Lord. Help us to rest on the rock that is Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for the word that you have graciously given us. And we want to do as uh, Christ asks us to not only be hearers of the word, but to be doers as well, Lord. So we pray, Father, from this past week's sermon and the text, Lord, in Ecclesiastes, that you would help us to be doers of your word, help us to apply this text to our life, Lord, that we would be transformed from one degree of glory to the next as we behold the glory of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we hope that as we apply this text to our life, that others would be able to see Christ, and we would be able to tell others about Christ, and that your glory would spread among all the earth. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. It is a good reminder, because I do think that um, when we, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, and so often we do hear the word, but we don't do it. Right, so hopefully this will conversation will help serve that end. Yeah, you mean go ahead and ask a question. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, those of you who didn't maybe listen to the sermon, you can go back and listen to the sermon. It's already up on the podcast. But uh, we're Ecclesiastes uh, chapter eleven, verses seven through uh, chapter twelve, verse eight. Um, you know, the general idea here is uh, Solomon is speaking to the young uh, to re- help us remember uh, our Creator in the days of our youth, to take our strength and our vitality and use it for God's glory um, before our bodies fail. So, uh, generally. Yeah. So, um, I have a couple questions that I wrote down knowing that we were going to do this. Uh, so, knowing God above the sun, we our youth is limited in time. Enjoy life. How do you personally try to maybe how do you see yourself applying this text and enjoying your life in the way Solomon would say? Yeah, I think you know one of the things that I've been trying to do uh, very practically um, throughout this sermon series, just as a, this call to rejoice in life. I've been trying to find ways to rejoice. So I've been trying to really enjoy food. Um, so not just to try to eat for sustenance, but to try to you know enjoy the flavors, to try different foods, um, try to really enjoy the my family, you know, so what do my kids love to do? Um, try to kind of rejoice with them. Uh, perfect example, last night, um, I was, um, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, so I love the Chicago Cubs and, um, uh, Alec Mills was kind of going for a no hitter, right? I found that out and he was in the bottom of the ninth. And the first thing I did is I ran with glee <laughs> to, to, to find, uh, find my daughter who's also a sports fan and said, Hey, let's, let's look at this together. And like, you know, ex- with exci- excitement, um, uh, this may seem kind of weird for a Baptist preacher, but I love to dance. Right? <laughs> uh, and, and, what, <laughs> and how many times do you really have a chance to dance? Uh, so sometimes when I cut my grass, I'll listen to uh, music and I'll kind of like be dancing while I cut my grass, which is kind of silly, but a uh, small way to have joy. 
Um, one way I did it this past week is I was preparing for the sermon on Friday morning and I was listening. So I just listened to a sermon, kind of prepped my heart for preparing to write the sermon. And then I, you know, was thinking about illustrations, this idea of forever young kind of came into my mind. So I listened to Bob Dylan's version and then I listened to Rod Stewart's version of forever young. And, um, so I'm walking my dog and uh, my dog's a puppy and I was the whole first, you know, about, you know, 40 minutes, I was trying to restrain him to so they wouldn't, wouldn't pull. So I'm listening to Forever Young. I'm like, you know, uh, my dog just wants to be young. So instead of just restraining him, I just started running as fast as I could <laughs> with my dog <laughs> while I was listening to Forever Young. Okay. I right, realized I didn't okay. and I was rejoicing that I ran and didn't hurt myself. Yeah. So just a small way of, okay, Let's just take the life as it gives it. Laugh a lot. Uh, enjoy the, the moment rather than trying to think about the things that are coming down the pipeline. What can I be doing right here in the present? Okay. So let's let's balance this out because what you hear, I think, generally from uh, Christian culture is take up your cross. Follow Jesus. Right? Don't live for now. Live for then yeah. with Jesus. So there seems to be the Bible is trying to prescribe a little maybe balance of enjoy life, but deny yourself. How do those two things work out? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a great question. And I don't know if there's, um, you know, I think the balance is, is the key word there. I think it's sometimes it's hard because when you look at the emphasis, especially I think in Paul's life, there's a lot of denial there, right? Laying things down for the cause of Christ, laying things down so that others may hear Christ. I think we're totally called to do that. But I think even in the midst of, you know, Paul's life, he would say, I've learned the secret of being content, whether being well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or living in want. I've learned, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think part of that, um, receiving joy in the moment, is uh, taking the gift that God's given at that present time, right? So, um, so for example, I may not have, um, I may lay down my life, for example, by not going out to eat, right? and eating beans and rice at home so that I can give more to missions, mm -hmm. right? Kind of live that wartime mentality. But I can really enjoy beans and rice, right? <laughs> I can really savor Like, Let me put a little uh, sauce on these things. <laughs> Add some you know, hot peppers. Um, so there's ways that I can enjoy even when I don't have much, right? You know, so, um, but we are called to lay things down, right? And um, because our ultimate hope is, is for, for glory, Right. I love that what Jesus says, you know, Peter was saying, listen, Lord, we left all to follow you. Right. And Jesus says, those of you who have left, you know, houses and homes, you know, families uh, to follow me for my sake and the gospels, they will receive not only in this life, but the life to come. Right. Yeah. So I think about what I have laid down um, for the cause of Christ as a pastor, you know, you know, um, I've gotten so much more back. Right. In relationships and friendships with people. So. I think God wants to give good gifts to his children and wants them to rejoice and receive life. So I think there is a balance of, of sacrifice. And I think when we sacrifice looking for glory, we can maybe see more of the the gifts that God gives us, even in the midst of those things. Oh. So, Okay. Um, what about, so you've heard of the prosperity gospel. Yep. Health, wealth, happiness, uh, Christ has saved us to give us these things, essentially. Mm -hmm. How do you, what if someone is maybe, they hear, they heard your sermon, enjoy life, and they took it to be 
oh, he just wants us to be prosperous now. How how would you counter that? Or how would you say, no, that's not what Solomon's trying to say. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think that he, I mean, he, Solomon says it in verse 9, right? Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, right? So when I was preparing the message, I was like, okay, do I need to address follow your heart, right? That's kind of like, our, <laughs> like he says a walk in your heart. This is, is, are the people of God at Park Baptist Church thinking, okay, I need to follow my heart? Most likely not, the way that the way, the way, the way, our, the way our congregation is. Uh, but like, people could hear that if they don't, kind of not part of our culture. But then he says, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Mm-hmm. So basically, you have to, like, and I was trying to make the point that we want to steward our joy, right? Because God wants us to be joyful in the things that he's given us, right? So we have to rejoice in those things and not be bitter what we don't have. So I think that's one of the lies of the evil one. Uh, at the same time, like, we're living for eternity, we're not living for the here and now, right? This life is far more than, you know, You know, it's better to give than to receive, right? So when we give our lives away time and time again, realize receive this gift and give it away, God is pleased and we find more joy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's always a, a way to to people to push back. But I think that, you know, the, the, maybe the, the Reformed community might need to hear more joy unless, you know, we're all sinners in the hands of an angry God, right? I mean, we need to hear both messages. Yeah. God's wrath is real, and yet God has given us joy in the moment. So, hmm. uh, Sorry, all these questions are just coming to me. Yeah. Uh, how would you maybe, in the context of the whole world, because I mean, oh, yeah. is the culture of, the, of America influence how maybe you apply the text to maybe like somewhere else or in poverty, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I was preaching in India... Um, where there's t- tremendous amounts of suffering, or even when Blaine came a couple of weeks ago talking about um, the suffering he sees in Dubai mm-hmm. and Kuwait, um, I might apply the text very differently. Um, I think the root is still there, right? Regardless of the current circumstances of your life, we can still find God's joy. Right? Mm-hmm. I think about Matt Chandler when he had his brain surgery, um, you know, almost died, you know, with cancer in the brain. He was able to say, okay. Yes, I have cancer, but let me show you all the ways that God is caring for me in the midst of this cancer, right? I think that we can say the same thing for those who are experiencing extreme suffering, right? Okay. Uh, but throughout the whole entire book, remember, we're teaching, when you teach a text of scripture, I'm trying to teach it in light of the whole entire book, which of course, the whole entire, you know, um, book of the Bible. And the message in Ecclesiastes is that rejoice because bad things are going to happen. You don't know when they're going to happen. Time is short, so receive the gift of joy now, and suffering won't last forever. Hmm. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I was because I'm preaching into a, a Western American audience. I'm going to apply it very differently, and especially in our cultural cultural context, there's a lot of bitterness out there in the world, hmm. a lot of fighting and dissension and unhappiness. You know, so I think like currently, right now in our current climate, COVID, politics, race. So I think that the message of joy needs to be said to our context, maybe applied differently than overseas, but still needs to be heard, heard today. Mm. That's good. Yeah, because, I mean, we say this over and over again, there's only one meaning to the text. Yep. But there's many applications. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why we're trying to do this thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about the world. In the context of Park Baptist Church, if you were going to take Park's temperature and say, all right, let's gauge where Park is at, uh, how might you say in for the application you made Sunday with the text in Deuteronomy? You know, sir, 
because you don't serve with gladness True. and joyful heart, you'll wear a yoke of iron, right? Your enemies. So if you're gauging park temperature, how are you think we're doing with gladness, joyful in the context of serving and giving? Yeah. So I think right now we're doing really well, right? Okay. So I think that um, there's always a temptation uh, to move from joy, from serving with joyful, I get to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to I have to go to church and do what I have to do, right? I think that because we had such a long break of yeah. active serving with COVID, people, like even what I heard, are so excited to serve. So mm -hmm. even right now, just a simple invitation to make people's meals, we're flooded with emails from the entire church, mm -hmm. right, to serve. Um, you know, so, I mean, obviously there's some that have kind of stepped back from serving uh, during this time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and look at serving more as a burden rather than a joy. But I think for, for the most part, I think people really want to serve. I mean, I think about our musicians, for example, um, kind of stepping up, they're willing to serve so both services. So they're staying for both services. They get here early mm -hmm. and they're really practicing, you know, so like they've increased their serving. I find them like, there's just a lot of joy there. So like when you go to a, uh, a rehearsal, like I just see so much like life there, which mm -hmm. is really encouraging to see. So I think generally our temperature is right now, um, that we're doing great. And I think that the, the, the temptation is to move from these are the things that I have to do, right? And therefore lose joy, joy in it. We fall into those seasons as well. Uh, I think especially those of our of our most faithful people, right? Um, sometimes, you know, service can become duty not, and not delight, right? Mm -hmm. It should be, we should always work to have it be a dutiful delight, right? And this is a duty, of course, yes, but it's still a delight yeah. um, because we're serving, you know, that's one of the reasons why I changed the benediction Right on Sunday, I've been kind of doing that a little bit more lately. Yeah. Uh, you've, you probably have noticed that. So, Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do, do giving thanks. Work with work with all your heart, giving thanks to the Lord Jesus. Right. Both of those verse verse sixteen and verse seventeen of Colossians have this idea of gratitude and giving thanks. And I said in the sermon, gratitude is the root of joy. Yeah. So I was trying to kind of draw that out even through that the entire service. Do you think because we're in America, we struggle with gratitude? Yes. I think we are self-centered, generally. I think that we crave comfort, and when we don't get what we want, uh, we we tend to struggle with bitterness. So I think all the home improvement shows, right, which I, I enjoy watching on vacation. I don't have <laughs> enjoy watching on vacation on HGTV, right? Um, they, they breed discontentment, right? Mm. They, could, they don't have to, but they're like, I don't have a nice kitchen. I don't have... Nice, pretty walls. Listen, God has made color, so paint your walls. Mm -hmm. Do art. God, God, God is a creative God, so praise, praise the Lord for that kind of stuff. But I think that there is, there's a lot of just kind of discontent with what we have because of ingratitude, right? So, you know, I mean, I see that with young people, this person's in a, in a relationship, I'm not, right? I see that with my kids, this person, my, my brother has this, my sister has that, why don't I have this, right? So I think that in America, we're kind of trained to... You know, get what you want, right? Yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry. Get what you want at the expense of others, right? Which is not the message of the gospel. So I think, yeah, for, we are going to struggle very with selfishness often in the American context. Hmm. That's good. Um, when uh, there's a sentence in the text, remove your vexation, mm -hmm. which personally, I did not know what that word meant. Thank you for explaining <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that. Uh, but it's worry it's anxiety and it says remove it uh, but i was kind of struck by the sentence because 
I personally don't struggle with anxiety. You know, it's not really a, a big challenge in my life. But when I hear people talk about anxiety, it's, it seems to be like a switch. Like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. All of a sudden, it's on them. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, well, is there... And it, it seems like almost there's not really a temptation. It's just they go straight into sin. They go straight into anxiety. Well, and I think, you know, the feeling of anxiety, Okay. I wouldn't say is necessarily sin, right? Hmm. Because, so... Um, D. Martin Lord Jones in his classic spiritual depression, he talks about feelings just kind of coming upon us, right? Sometimes we feel angry or we feel sad or we feel a kind of a rush of anxiety. I think those feelings just come, right? The question is, is what we do with them, right? Hmm. So, so not, having anxiety is not necessarily sin, but it could lead to sin, right? Hmm. So I think this idea of, you know, when you look at Solomon's whole entire letter, right? You can't control the future. You are mere. You are a creature, and God is the creator, right? You you don't know. I mean, just think about halfway through chapter six, all the way to the end of the chapter. How many times? Just we don't. You don't know. Don't know. You do not know. I mean, just you don't know what's going to come, and yet people tend to be bound in their anxiety, fearing of what could possibly come to be, right? Uh, so when I think that there are things in your life that cause anxiety, right? And those some of those things you can remove, hmm. right? Um, sometimes by removing anxiety, you actually have to do the opposite, right? You have to do what Jesus did, right? Look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. So you have to remove anxiety by doing something actively, looking at God's kind hand of providence in your life, right? right? So uh, John Flavel, a guy I'm doing my dissertation on, he wrote um, Psalm 57.2, God works things for our good, right? Whole book, you know, mystery of providence. And you can just look at all the different ways God is working in your life, right? But we tend to say all that we don't have, right? Rather than what we do have, right? Yeah. So I think gratitude is one way to overcome anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, and it's always tough to, to teach on something like that because I don't particularly struggle with right. anxiety, but it, we, we can remove it Right, so when it comes upon us, we can choose. Okay, am I going to give myself to these feelings of fear and anxiety and worry, or am I going to remove it by turning my heart back to God and having faith in what He's done? And that's an active trust, meditating in Scripture, praying. It's not just like remove. Oh, this is the thing in my life. I'm going to take over here. Like, <laughs> it's not there anymore. Well, that, that's not reality, right? Right. It's like feelings come upon you, and you have to fight with truth uh, to believe what God says in His Word. That's good. Um, you think so? Joy, gladness, vexation. Are, are there any other sins or maybe temptations that Solomon is trying to address? Maybe you say gratitude. Uh, yeah, I think that one of the things that Solomon is trying to address is um, maybe overall pride, right? Um, because we don't think we need God, right? You know, so Romans one, they did not give thanks to Him. Um, they did acknowledge of a God and give thanks to him, but they removed the, you know, the glory of God from the image of idols, right? So this, this verse in Romans 1 I was trying to draw out. So I think what he's trying to do there is he's trying to say that um, people are trying to become the creator rather than the creatures, right? I think one of the things that Solomon's trying to say is like, dude, you're, you can't think that you're a God, right? Even though we all try to be many gods in our mm -hmm. own life, right? So I think just in general by saying, hey, listen, your bodies are going to fail. One day, you're not going to be able to see. One day, you're not going to be able to hear. One day, you're not going to be able to walk, right? Repent before it's too late. Mm. No God before it's too late, you know? So this kind of like, um, whether that's apathy, 
or neglect or just willful disobedience or pride. I don't need God. I think he's trying to address all those things. That's good. I mean, you know, as we talked about this um, a little bit last week, but, you know, Ecclesiastes 11.3, if a clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. If a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there will I. That was the verse to help lead R.C. Sproul oh, to, 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 to faith. Why? Well, because he saw a tree fall and it made him think about his own mortality. Like, we need to think about our own mortality. I think is what he's trying to draw out here, right? right? Remember your creator in the days of youth before it's too late. In all these different ways, he kind of just said, before you, you, your health is failing, before you go to the grave, hmm. right? Yeah. You, are you ready? You know, so, and there's lots of different reasons why we choose not to follow the Lord. I think the first thing is if we make a moral decision. And so, you know, we, we choose not to follow the Lord because we want the things of this world. So, hmm. Any other applications you think came to mind for you? I, I don't have any questions particularly to the text, but you know, you you spent all the time in the text preparing. I don't know if you have any applications that come to your mind. Yeah, I mean, I think that like you know, you know, I ran into um, talked to Simeon uh, after uh, the service, and he said um, verses uh, chapter chapter eleven verse nine uh, was one that his pastor in India spent two years with their young people to kind of help them kind hmm. of apply it. Right. Uh, so what does it mean to, to take advantage of your youth? Right. You know, um, I could have said numerous things, you know, I kind of made some applications, you know, like, Hey, learn an instrument, you know, while you have the, have the time and, you know, memorize scripture. I could have easily made that application. I mean, when your mind is sharp, you know, in my twenties, I memorized a lot of scripture and I'm reaping the, bit, the benefits even now. Hmm. Right. You know, so I think that we, we don't understand, um, you know, in a lot of the reading, it just kept on saying, hey, youth, when you're young, you think you're invincible, right? And then you realize, oh, man, I'm not, you know. But then you don't want to, okay, it's too late. I can't do that anymore, you know. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, in terms of the applications, I would love to sit down with someone and just ask them questions on, hey, how are you using your strength and your vitality for God's glory today? Right. And one of the things I love about our church is our college students and their love for Jesus and their desire to serve and give themselves to others and go to Bible studies and meet people for coffee, talk about the Lord, has changed the whole culture of our church. Right. So I say largely our, our young people are remembering their creator in the days of their youth. And because of it, our whole entire church has changed. Right. So I've seen this verse like in the history of Park radically transform our community because they lived that verse out. That's good. So, well, we pray that, you know, this, this, this time is helpful. You know, it's always kind of good just to talk about the text that you spend a lot of time reading and, and meditating <laughs> on. So, uh, so great questions, brother. Uh, let me just uh, offer a word of prayer and we'll, we'll close out. Sure. Uh, Father, we, we pray that uh, the people of God at Park Baptist Church would just take this word and apply it to their hearts. We do pray that uh, we would remember um, our creator in the days of our youth. Um, either just the days of our life, Lord, that we would have a breath that we have, that we would understand as a gift from your hand. And we pray that we would use all that we have, all our strength, all our vitality, uh, all our lives um, to live for your glory. For indeed, Lord, life is sweet and is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.